We're really going to talk about the church. Uh, as you know, we've been doing a series, or we started a series last week called Up, In, and Out. Our game plan for 2013 here at One Love Church. And our church has changed quite a bit uh, from the nine people in my living room until today. Um, last week we talked about uh, what part of that game plan would be all of the upward focus or the up part of those three things, which would be our love for God. This week we're going to talk about the in part. And it's one of those things in the church that really um, can set the standard for where your church is going to go. And it's usually because most of us here today have some type of bad experience in the church or uh, some type of uh, bad person maybe in the church that, that uh, you know, really somehow shaped your vision of what the church is. And what tends to happen is, as we begin a new uh, journey as a new church as we go down the road, we lose track really of what it means to be here today, what it means to be a part of this. And especially over the last year, we've talked about loving God and loving people and the importance of those two things. We're adding a third this time, and that is in, to love each other. And so we're going to look at a couple of examples of what Jesus said the church was and what the church started out to be and why it became so successful. And then we're also going to talk about what happened with the church and why we've had such difficulty as a church and why, truthfully, the church takes a place in our lives that usually is behind so many other things because the church really doesn't feed you. Now, you usually pick your church based on the pastor. Thank God none of you did that today. Or you pick your church based on the worship or you pick your church uh, based on where your friends go. You know, or you pick your church based on who has the nice big statue standing out front, or who has the $3 million gymnasium, you know, or who can give you some type of social status in life to say, oh, well, I go to that church. Um, th- thank- thankfully, none of you needed those things this morning, or you definitely wouldn't be in the back of an office building wondering, is there really a church in that little corner? So... I wanted to start by just telling you a real quick story because I I, uh, started to think to myself, what do I think of when I think of the church? What emotions come to mind when I think of the church? I'm going to be honest with you. I have pretty good memories of the church. My dad was a pastor. Um, You know, he was, you know, really, in my opinion, and of course I'm biased, he was really good at what he did. And uh, he would take the youth on trips. He would do all kinds of stuff. And so I remember this one youth trip that we went on that uh, we were in this, uh, the Houston First Church of God, which I'm sure, I don't know, has anyone here been to the Houston First Church of God? No, you have not. You Holly has. <laughs> the Houston First Church of God uh, in, is in the gymnasium. And so it's, you know, however many stories up. And uh, we decided as a youth group that we were going to play hide and go seek in this. Now, mind you, we're a little youth group from Dayton, Ohio, for the first time in this ginormous, you know, sanctuary. And so we're going to play hide-and-go-seek, and my dad says, listen, I'll be it. You can go anywhere you want to go. Guarantee I'll find you. And we're like, <laughs> loser. So we're like, all right, go. So we all take off, right? Everybody in a different direction, you know, 
Now, I want to set the stage here just to let you know that at the top of this gymnasium is drop ceiling just like this, right? Not real stable. My friend, Greg Cadle, <laughs> decides he's going to climb up the baptistry, which was on the second level in the front, and then from the baptistry, get up in the drop ceiling. And he's going to go across this steel beam to the middle of the gym. Right? Now, <clears throat> no one knew where Greg was. So we're searching, we're looking, my dad finds all of us. And at one point, we're all in the gym, and we're like, I don't, I don't know where to look. My dad's like, I have no idea. And so my dad just starts yelling, Greg, Greg. And we're standing, and, and we hear this, yeah. <laughs> we're like, what? I could have swore that was right here. So my dad says, Greg, Greg. And he goes, I'm right here. And we're all like. <laughs> my dad says, are you in the ceiling? Greg goes, yeah. He goes, don't move. <clears throat> and so there became a recu- rescue mission to get Greg out of the ceiling before he died and ruined our youth trip was really what we were concerned about. <laughs> right? But I have all kinds of memories like that at the church. But a lot of you have different memories, let's just say. My wife's memories in the church are painful memories, right? Memories of a young girl who gets pregnant and people in the church basically shunning her. Memories of getting notes that said, if you don't leave this church, my family will never speak to yours again. Right? Some of us have experienced church in that way. And so when we start talking about what does the church mean to you, I want you to understand that we all come from a different place there. You you with me? We all come from a different place. So some of this that I'm going to say today, a lot of you are going to go, well, duh, that makes sense. But some of this you're going to go, I've never experienced that before and I don't know what that's like. And that's what's important to us at One Love Church, that we're all on the same page, that we all understand where we're going, and that we all understand this game plan as we move forward. Are you with me? All right, here we go. What does the church look like to you? Not the building, not the schedule, not the programs. Thank God, right? But what does the church mean to you? Acts chapter 2, verses 43 through 47 is the first real vision of what God established for the church. And let me tell you what was so exciting about this, is you're going to see here first that all of these people, that most of these people, right, first are just now becoming converts into this faith. And for them, it's a complete transition, right? It's not like a lot of us who just one day pray the prayer and say, Jesus, I want you as a part of my life, and then we begin walking down the journey. For these people, it's a complete identity change because they are raised as Jewish people. Do you understand me? And so this is an understanding that I'm going to walk separate from where the rest of my family has not only walked, but all that they know. And so this is a new experience for them and the new thing that they're walking into. And this is what happens. Peter gives his testimony, right? This is the beginning of Acts chapter 2. Peter gives his testimony. And in his testimony, he starts to tell these people exactly what Jesus has done and exactly who Jesus is. And the scripture tells us that over 3,000 people were saved that day. And they began what we now know as the church. And here's what happened. 
Verse 43, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as many as might have need. How many of you are ready today to sell what you own if someone here today needed it? How many of you here today are ready to put everything that your family has worked for into one basket and to say, if anyone in my church needs it, I'll give it to them? Or do that. Here, here's the point. What the early church understood and what the early church knew was this. What Jesus came to present and what Jesus came to give was completely different. And he gave his life. And if he can give his life, what does it really cost me to give a shirt or to give a bed or to give shelter? Verse 46, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with, you ready for this? With gladness and sincerity of heart. What's sincerity of heart? Vulnerability, right? It's not just an understanding that I'm going to invite you into my house and I'm going to give you some of the frozen meatloaf that I wasn't going to eat anyway. And I'm going to ask you about your life, but I don't really care. I just want to get through this next hour and a half so that by the time you leave, you like me, right? But what this truthfully is, is I'm going to invite you into my home, not just because I want to break bread with you and eat with you, but because I want to be vulnerable in front of you. And I want to present to you the real me, which, guess what, is not all that great. And by the time you leave dinner, right, I don't want you to say, well, that superficial Brad is a great guy, right? What I want you to say is, man, I really feel like I know him. Or at the end of that dinner, you know what, you know, that, that Sarah, we really need to pray for her, right? Because that Brad is just, he's got issues, <laughs> which is probably how you would really leave the dinner. Verse 47 They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with with the people in my social circle that make the same amount of money I do and drive the same type of cars I do. Right? Or uh, I'm going to uh, praise God and have favor with all the people who think church should be the way that I think it should be. Or I'm going to praise God and have favor with all those people in church who are on the right boards, who know the right people, and who can get me in the front. Right? Or I'm going to have, praise God and have favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. One of the dangers of the church is when we begin to differentiate who we're going to worship with based upon social standard, based upon how we look, based upon what we wear, based upon how much money we make, right? When we begin to define who it is we're going to worship with or who it is we're going to bring into the church, and and here's what some of you say, because I've been there and I I say it too, that, you know, if someone came in here, I'm not going to turn them away. 
Well, that's true. You're not going to turn them away. But most of the time, you're also not going to say hello. You're also not going to give a handshake or a hug. You're also not going to care what they're going through in life. And you're going to stay in your little cocoon of comfort, is what I call it, right? It is the most dangerous thing that a church can do because what you automatically create is a society full of Christian cliques. You with me? And let me tell you what the most dangerous part about that is. It happens anywhere. It happens at nice little church plants that think they're doing everything right. right? It happens at big old mega churches. It happens at churches of 200 people, 300, 400, 500. It really doesn't matter because the church isn't a number. It's a, it's a community. You with me? So here I want to read to you real quick a bulletin from a Catholic church, a little insert that I, that I read. And I thought, man, I wonder, I wonder how we would feel about this. And here it is. It says, we want to extend a special welcome to those who are single, married, divorced, gay, filthy rich, dirty poor, yo no hable inglés. We extend a special welcome to those who are carrying newborns, who are skinny as a rail, or who could afford to lose a few pounds. We welcome you if you can sing like Andre Bocelli, or if our pastor who can't carry a note in a bucket, which is more, yeah. You're welcome here if you're just browsing, just woke up, or just got out of jail. We don't care if you're more Catholic than the Pope or haven't been in church since little Joey's baptism. We extend a special welcome to those who are over 60 but not grown up yet and to teenagers who are growing up too fast. We welcome soccer moms, NASCAR dads, starving artists, tree huggers, latte sippers, vegetarians, and junk food eaters. We welcome those who are in recovery or still addicted. We welcome you if you're having problems or you're down in the dumps or if you don't like organized religion because we've been there too. If you blew all of your offering money at the dog track, you're welcome here. We offer a special welcome to those who think the earth is flat, who work too hard, who don't work, who can't spell, or because grandma's in town and so you had to come. We welcome those who are inked, pierced, or both. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a little prayer right now, who had religion shoved down your throat as a kid, or who got lost in traffic and wound up here by mistake. We welcome tourists, seekers, and doubters, bleeding hearts, and most of all, we welcome you. Our Lady of Community Catholic Church, right? How good is that? But here's the thing. I could write it in a note, too. Right? I can write it in a note too. But the point is this. It is so hard for us to break out of this social mistake that we oftentimes call a church. It's so hard to break out of these simple societies that we want to see rise into these great and glorious things. Now listen to me. Don't get me wrong. I hope that One Love Church has a building one day, right? I do, because I'm telling you, I'm tired. But I'll tell you this, in that building, you know what we're going to have? A church. (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12 says this, summing up, summing up. Everybody loves those words in a sermon, right? And to sum it up. Because that means it's closing and I go get lunch. Summing up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble. Who's that go for? Everyone. Right? 
Uh-oh. That goes for all of you. No exceptions. No retaliation. No sharp tongue sarcasm. Oh, I got a picture right when I did the oh. No sharp tongue sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job to bless. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. For whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you do. You ready? Say nothing evil or hurtful, but snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. Because God looks on all of this with approval, listening and responding well to what he's asked, but he turns his back on those who do evil things. What is the church? The church is full of people who understand the importance of taking care of each other. And what we have created in our minds is that the church is a building who should ignore that part because it should all be about going out, right? Listen to me. One Love Church did over 30 outreach events last year, and we have even more than that scheduled this year. We just agreed this week with the Ronald McDonald House to be there every other month to do meals for the families who are in the hospital. Let me tell you something. There, there's exciting things that are happening here at One Love Church, but what I want you to understand is this. A church is so much more than that. Because what the early church got was the beginning parts of the church, and that was this, that we've got to get healthy first, that we've got to understand that inside of the church are a bunch of broken people. And if we can't grasp that and understand that, and we think that if we put on our pretty church clothes every Sunday and walk into here that everything's going to be okay and everybody else is going to like me just fine, then we're going to create a superficial society that nobody wants to be a part of. But if you can, just for a moment, change the identity that the world has put on you as superficial people, as people who have to give and never take, as people have to make the most money and get the most power and force yourself into the greatest position, even within the church. If you can, for a moment, put that down in your life, get rid of that and give that to God and understand that a church is about each other. And if I can, for a second, give maybe a little of what God has blessed me with in order to make sure that my sister in Christ is comfortable, then guess what? I'm going to create a place that we can truthfully call a church, a sanctuary, a safe society. And here's how we, I believe that we're going to do that at One Love Church. First, we're going to serve. We're going to serve. We're going to serve each other. You with me? We're going to serve each other. Second, we're going to challenge. We're going to challenge each other. And let me tell you what the difference is between challenging and judging. You ready? Because there's a big difference. Challenge doesn't mean, Chris, look, dude, that's a Mexican chair. I don't care what you say. It's a Mexican chair. Challenge would be, Chris, let me sit down with you on that chair that may be comfortable, but I think that you and I should build two of those so I can have one too. You with me? Amen. Here's, I don't really want one. Here's, Let me tell you, here, here's, here's the difference. Judging would be, did you see the way she talked to him? Did you see that? Challenging would be setting an example in what I do. Worried about me, not you. But setting an example on how I walk. Providing opportunity for younger Christians 
to view me and see me and talk to me and use me as an elder. One of the most dangerous things that a church can have is no elders. Right? And when you're full of a church of younger people, guess what happens? You don't get elders. Or the people who are a little bit older than you don't want to be an elder. (laughs) Because then I feel like I'm a little bit older than you and I don't want that. But the truth is, we're going to be people who serve, we're going to be people who challenge, we're going to be people who build up. That's the third thing. We're going to build up. We're not going to tear down. We're going to build up. And most of us are coming from a very broken foundation right now, if we can just be honest. Most of us are coming from a very broken foundation. There ain't a whole lot of tearing down you can do. I'm ready to be built up. Invest in me. Build me up. And finally, we're going to go deep. We're going to go deep. If you have come to One Love Church today because you just want a place to park your butt for an hour so you can go through a week and feel good that you and your family went to church, this ain't it. We're going to go deep. We're going to challenge you, not just individually, but we want to challenge you in every small group that you're going to be a part of. And we're going to ask you to get into a small group. Last semester, we had about 40 people at this church, and we had four small groups going. I have a feeling we're going to have More than that in this one, but let me tell you why. Because everything that happens at this church comes from the small groups. Everything. You will find out announcements at the small groups. People say all the time, Brad, we don't know what's going on. You don't do announcements in church. Let me tell you what it is. Because announcements happen at your small groups. So I encourage you and challenge you to get into a small group. You want to see the vision of the church? Get in a small group. It's typically the people who come here every Sunday, don't get into a small group, don't come to the in-reach activities, don't do any of the outreach activities, and they eventually go away from the church. You know why? Because they say to themselves, I just can't plug in there. When time after time after time I have begged you, get into a small group. Trust me, it doesn't hurt. Do an outreach project. Get on an outreach team. Trust me, it doesn't hurt. Come to the in-reach event. Some of you are like, what's an in-reach event? Zach, raise your hand. Let me tell you what in-reach events are. You ready for this? We're going ice skating this month. We're going to have a pasta night next. Carbs. Hey. You know, we're going to have a game night. We're going to have a family movie night. What are they? They're just opportunities for you to come and have a little bit of fellowship. There's not even any Bible there, which is crazy. I know, it's crazy. But it's just an opportunity to come and have fun with your church family. Get to know people, learn people. Serve, challenge, build up, go deep. Why? John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 says this. Let me give you a new command. A new command from Jesus Christ. Love one another in the same way I have loved you. Who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to everybody, right? No, he's not. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the church, right? These are disciples he's preaching to. And what he's saying is simple. Love one another. In the same way I have loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you're my disciples when they see the love you have for each other. Right? Jesus says to his disciples, people will come to your church. They will become converts of me. If you go learn the Bible and you scream at them through a megaphone. Right? Jesus says, listen, people will know and understand who I am if you will drill them competitively and scream in their ear that you don't want them to go to hell. Right? Jesus says they will know who I am 
if you just demonstrate love the way that I have demonstrated love to you. Why is it so hard to find a church? Because you're looking for false idols. You're looking for a good preacher. Sorry. You're looking for great worship. You know, we got that. Where's Josh? Look, he left. Oh, no, there he is. We got that. You know, you're looking for all these different things when truthfully what you need to be looking for is a body of believers who just want to invest in you, who just want to love you, who just want to listen to you, who just want to be that shoulder, who can tell you, listen, I don't have all the answers because I'm just as broken as you are, but I'm not too afraid to explain to you that I'm just as broken as you are. And maybe I've been to some places that you've been, and maybe I can help you in a little bit of what you're going through. I don't have all the answers. I'm not the wisest guy in the world, but I tell you this, I will be there. I will be there. And if we can become a body of believers who understands I will be there, I promise you, just like in Acts chapter 2, we won't have to worry about money. We won't have to worry about people. We won't have to worry about rooms. We won't have to worry about anything. Because God will add to our numbers daily. You with me, church? Will you stand with me? You know, in uh, 2012, we were able to really be blessed, right? 2012 was um, kind of a, uh, a neat year for One Love Church. <clears throat> but I want to go all the way back to the beginning with nine of us sitting in the living room. We had this whiteboard. Some of you guys will remember this. We had this whiteboard, and we asked. We said, hey, listen, the whole point of this is we just want to start something that, that is right. You know, we just want to go back to Acts 2. We just want to figure out what it is about church. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. There was a church that I was a part of, and I've never been anything like that little church was. And I remember that, and I, 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 I wanted to push for that and to see if we could find that again. And let me tell you what happened. These, these people sitting around the room who weren't even a part of that, except for my brother-in-law and my sister, uh, we all decided as we put these little things on the board, something very simple. And I don't know if you guys remember this or not. But we decided that we wanted to be a church that loved God. And we wanted to be a church that loved people. And we wanted to be a church that loved each other. Do you remember that? And let me tell you what we ran with. We ran with loving God and loving people. And we kind of lumped each other into the people. Well, this year I want to separate it back out. And I want to give it to the importance that it desires. That we love God, that we love people, and that we love each other. You follow me? Here's what I'm going to have to ask you to pray to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to ask you to make a commitment this week to pray that if God has created social barriers in your mind, that he would break those down. If God has given you a false truth in your heart that says you're too good for certain people, I want you to pray that he breaks that down. If, if somehow you have this false picture of what the church really should be, the big things and the big things and the pastor should drive a really nice car and live in a big home, you can hang on to that one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <clears throat> but I know this. I know that we're at a good start. I know that we're starting the race in a good way and that God's going to provide for us as we move forward if we move forward in the right mindset. You with me? You with me? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. 
I thank you for what you have given us here. God, I thank you for One Love Church. And Father, I'm not praying about the walls. God, I'm not praying about the seats. I'm not praying about the roof. God, I'm praying about the people. I thank you for everyone who is here this morning. And I thank you, Father, that there is no such thing as chance in Scripture. But that everything happens for a reason. And so, Father, I pray for everyone in this room right now. Father, whether they call One Love Church their home or not, God, I pray for everyone here. And that you would begin to break down the barriers in their heart. Father, maybe what a false church should look like. And God, lift us up in unity and what your real church should be. God, we present ourselves to you as living living examples of you. May you receive the glory, Father, not one love church. May you receive the praise, Father, not one love church. May everything we do give you glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.